Well, hello, and welcome back to the Panty Personals, a podcast which, despite appearances, is not about knickers, but rather all about getting up close and personal with some old and new friends. And to be honest, it gets me out of the house in a pandemic. And with me today is a new friend, fingers crossed, a lovely young Dutch woman who has been living here in Dublin for, well, enough years to have picked up the accent anyway. Now, some of you may know her as the singer and songwriter Jane Willow. You might have heard a gorgeous recording she did recently with the RT Concert Orchestra. Or even more recently, you might have even seen her popping up on First Dates Ireland, which I will definitely be asking her about. But back home in the Netherlands, she's not playing Jane, but rather Janneke van Nijnenten. She gallantly decided to make it easier for the locals. And you know, a couple of episodes back, I was chatting with the American singer Galia Arad about how a Glenn Hansard gig in New York made her take the leap of moving to Dublin. And guess what? The same Glenn Hansard of Ballymun also attracted the lovely Jane here too. Turns out he's like the bleeding Pied Piper of women singing singer-songwriters. So, Yannicka, I'm going to call you Yannicka for today because I'm going to be delving into you. Um... What the hell makes Glenn Hansard such a pull for Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was it wasn't true once because everyone thinks I saw once and that yeah. that's what made me move here to busk and stuff. But no, I just kind of uh, I heard him talk on an interview about busking and about open mics and that you can just go anywhere and play music. Oh, and he talked about Wheelands a lot as well. Oh. And that just kind of made me go like, oh, I have to go there. So I went for two weeks over the summer. What age are you then? Uh, I was 20. Mm. And uh, I went I went on my own, which was a big thing when you're younger, yeah. I suppose, you know. And uh, I really liked it. And then I kind of decided to move to Ireland. So my parents forced me to stay in Holland for a few more months to like work a job and save some money. And then I just kind of moved. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? As looking backwards, the things that make you do stuff when you're younger seem like nuts. And, you know, I read a book and ended up in Japan. Wow. You know, <laughs> you know, just for no other reason. You mentioned the busking thing there because you did come to Ireland. And in the beginning, you basically made your whole living busking. Yeah. You know, people seem to really associate busking in the singer-songwriter style with Dublin or Ireland or whatever. But I never actually thought of it that way until I started you know, talking to, to singer-songwriters who've come here. Do people not busk in the Netherlands? Uh, there, well, there is one guy in my city who plays the drums. Uh, one for, guy? Yeah, but um, it's not, there's not really a culture of it. And I feel like it's kind of looked down on a bit more there. But in Ireland, I feel like people really appreciate buskers, you know. And yeah, they just get it a bit more yeah. I feel like uh, well there is a grand tradition of busking here I mean a lot of our famous musicians started out busking or even continued busking well into their careers and all and I think everybody knows that yeah I, I kind of I stopped doing it a few years ago because I started opening for bands like yeah. like Glenn and then it started building from there and then I just kind of recently I started doing it again just to stay sane really yeah. but um it's really nice. It just keeps your skills to a certain level, you know, and, mm. and it's like I could play Leonard Cohen all day, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I remember you well in 
chairs he would tell You were talking so brave and so sweet Giving me head on your maiden What a limousine's waiting in the street I might depress a few people, but like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> Well, busking does, it teaches you something about the art of performing, even though you know, it's very specific, but it's a good ground work yeah. for anything else afterwards. And you do have to, of course, know the good covers because you need to grab people within a second or two. Yeah, yeah, I'm not very good at that because I like slow, slow songs, but I love playing on kind of parks and like quieter places. That works more. I don't work on a busy street because people are just like yeah. passing, passing by in like two seconds, you know. You just turned your back on the crowd. You got away, I never once heard you say, I need you. I don't need you. I need you. I don't. I have these, you know, sometimes those moments, you know, when you're passing a busker, especially if, if you can tell they're a great singer or whatever. And I feel almost guilty for rushing by. But that's life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And in lockdown, where were you busking? I started doing it in, in parks and stuff. So it's been nice. Like, uh, it's just, yeah, it keeps me sane, literally. Like, I, I do busking and I do YouTube videos with other people like with a girl from Canada or you know like I just message people because mm. I want to play with people you know yeah. I want to connect clenching your fists for the ones like us who are oppressed by these figures of beauty and you fixed yourself he said well never mind it's interesting to me that you went back to it you know, during lockdown, was it? Yeah, yeah. Just because because you missed performing? Yeah. Or? For real people, not like on a live stream where you just mm. see these typed messages. Oh, God, yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I did some of the streaming stuff too. And, um, you know, if you're a performer, what you're doing it really for is the sense of the reaction while you're performing. And yeah. then afterwards, we're all hoarse with the clap. I mean, that's what you want. And it's just not the same on a Zoom. Yeah. And you turn off the Zoom and you're standing in your living room. Yeah, it, hel know. it helps if you put like some teddy bears like behind and you just prefer <laughs> for the teddy bears. Like that's what I started doing. Like just to make it more real, like you're playing for real people. Like people are watching, but you just can't see them, you know. <laughs> mildly creepy almost putting <laughs> all your dolls and things out um, you're from a, like how big is the city you're from well first of all it's got an amazing name the name of your town is Breda yeah drag queens we collect drag queen names just as a fun thing and one of the great unused Irish drag names is Heavy Breda <laughs> I hear someone laughing there. <laughs> it's just, you know, Breeda, it's such an Irish name. And, you know, Heavy Breeda, you know, for, you know, a chunky drag queen. It was just a great name. Um, but you're from a town called Breeda. Well, I'm probably pronounced differently, is it? Breeda. Breeda. Oh, heavy Breeda. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same ring, yeah. Um, but tell me about Breeda. Oh, well, uh, it's a small town near Belgium and we have like a jazz festival and we have a ginger festival every year. 
you don't mean ginger the root. No. You, know? <laughs> you mean a festival for ginger-haired people. Yeah, and people from all over the world come to Breda to to celebrate. And what, like what, yeah, prompted Breda in southern Netherlands <laughs> That's all to that have Breda a ginger-haired... known for, you know? So like... It's known for having ginger-haired people. No, it's just known for that festival, like... But why do they decide one day in this town in the Netherlands... I don't know. They should do it in Ireland. Like, maybe we should, you know, start it, like... <laughs> I mean, I think there are ginger festivals. There are other ones. I can't think off the top of my head. But, I don't know, I just don't think of the Netherlands as being the epicenter of gingerness. No, yeah. And then, <laughs> because um, you were on first dates recently. Yeah. But you didn't have ginger down as one of your top priorities. Oh, I did, but the, they matched me with a really nice person who was a musician, so... Yeah. They took out you saying you wanted ginger because it's yeah. racist. Maybe. Maybe it's racist. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I think our ginger people are, are um, unappreciated in their own land, like so many prophets, um, because to us it's not exotic. You know, so Irish people always go, oh, it's got beautiful big brown eyes. You know, when 85% of the population of the planet have big brown eyes. Um <laughs> But, you know, foreigners seem to, a lot of foreigners love the ginger, I've discovered, as a semi-ginger myself. Oh. <laughs> I have a full ginger brother, a full ginger sister, and, and I have a touch of Auburn. <laughs> um, so coming to, to Dublin, I guess specifically Dublin in a way, from Breda, is there a culture clash you shot there? Um... There was a bit of like, um, I didn't understand at the start that like when people ask you, when you're in Holland and people ask you, how are you? You literally go, oh, I had a terrible day. This and this happens. You know, you tell your whole life story basically to any stranger. But Irish people are like, how are you? Grand. You know, even if, yeah. even if your cat died, you just like grand, you know. So that was kind yeah, of a thing I And we would probably complain about you behind your back if you were the kind of person who, you know, I, I, was, I was just saying, how are you? You yeah. know, yeah, no, I had a guy like a bar guy, and I, I started telling him my life story, and he was like, "I just asked you how you are." Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say that I think that's changed a bit in, in during the lockdown and the pandemic. I think yeah. when people say to you, "How are you?" they are actually asking, "How are you?" Yeah. Um. So I feel much more free to say to people, "Oh." I'm struggling today or whatever. Yeah, I saw your post on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Which oh, one? <laughs> I, I know, like about about just the struggles. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. Artists, yeah. you know, like that's. Very I just nice. think people. Well, I think everybody's finding it difficult, and admitting you find it difficult, it's there's something comforting about it. I, I mean, I like when I read other people's tweets saying they're you know, they're really down or depressed or having a horrible time with it, because it makes me feel like yeah, that it's a normal reaction. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think if you weren't a little bit down at sometimes about it or whatever, that would be an unnatural reaction to this unnatural situation. Yeah. It is a natural, normal reaction, I think, to feel totally pissed off sometimes about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, You actually got COVID, didn't you? Yeah, I got it a few weeks ago from, I think, my housemates, yeah. And how was it for you? <laughs> oh, it was, it was fine and... Um, I kind of got a routine of like sitting on my bed for a certain time and then sitting by the window and yeah. and I had a friend who came and waved outside the window yeah. so like but uh no it was fine like <laughs> Well you look fine now. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a very Irish reaction to it. That was grand. <laughs> it was all grand. Um, well, one of the things, that directness is something that Dutch people are famous for and Irish people are famously not. You know, Irish people don't want to say straight to your face what they really think. Is that something you you had to adjust to? Um, I mean, are you as direct now as you would have been with a Dutch person? No, I just, um, I, I used to be very direct and uh, I, I studied film school for, for four years. And uh, I, I remember one day they were like, give feedback on each other's movies. And I was like, well, this and this and this and this could be better, you know, and this is great. And, and they were just all quite insulted. So <laughs> I try not to be as... As honest anymore, like, um, but it's kind of now if I go to Holland, I actually get insulted because I'm not used to it anymore. Yeah. And it can be so direct and it can be like, well, I don't like your voice there. Certain family members might have even said that, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. so like, so it's kind of, uh, I'm adjusted to it now, yeah. but I kind of like being direct with people still, you know, if I they're mean, my friends, they'll get it, you know. In theory, I like it, but then sometimes, you know. You know, I have a German friend, and sometimes he just say something, and I, I, I feel my hackles rise a little bit because I'm like, yeah, like, what, what, you know, <laughs> um. So in theory, yeah, it's good, it's good to be direct and you know, grace, but in practice, I'm too Irish, maybe. Yeah. I always yeah. remember, um, when I was a student, and by the way, I went to Dunleary as well, but I went, you went to the film IDG. school in Dunleary, yeah. and, and yeah. I went in the eighties when it was a tiny little art college, but um. I was working in the Elephant and Castle restaurant in Temple Bar, which had just opened at the time. And this, there was an American waitress and she wasn't long here at all. And one day I sort of found her, you know, very upset and sort of crying. And I said, what's, what, you know, what's, what's up? And she said, oh, you know, the chef called me a fat wagon and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, that means he likes you. I mean, you know, <laughs> if an Irish person doesn't like you, they don't interact you. They find reasons ways to not have to interact with you you know they're they're not interested in interacting. but if an irish person is insulting you and telling you you're stupid and you know the slagging culture that means they like you like if an irish person is telling you you're stupid and whatever <laughs> it means you're mates um yeah but to an american it was a whole new experience the whole slagging banter thing yeah now when you were on first dates um now, if anybody did watch it recently, um, you, it, it, it seemed like it was going to go very well, I thought, in the beginning. Um, I have to say, just aside, I love that show. I don't watch television really at all anymore. Um, but if I ever I come across that, I do watch it because it has real heart, that show. They're not looking for drama and all of that. They're honestly trying to match people up, and it's always yeah. sort of sweet. And, um, but anyway, so you were paired um, with a, a drummer... Um, he'd been living in London all that. In the beginning, I thought it was all going so well. And then at the end, it didn't quite come together. Yeah. Were you crushed? No, <laughs> no. Because like I said, I like kind of Leonard Cohen-esque kind of guys with beers and stuff. And uh, he wasn't really my type physically, but like like emotionally, you see, he was very similar. Like, you yeah. know, the med he likes meditation and nature and music so. but you're still single and you're still looking for love <laughs> and for the benefit of listeners you're a beautiful young woman um charming gorgeous hair um you have a slightly uh joan baez 
quality or something about you. Um, <laughs> so if there's any, uh, in particular, ginger single men out there <laughs> who appreciate um, life, love, music, uh, singer-songwriters, and Dutch directness, um, yes. they can find you on... Oh, Jane Willow, I suppose, Jane yeah. JaneWillow.com, is it? <laughs> The, 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 the offers are going to come flooding in. Um, so, Jane, you're going to do a, a, a song for us, the first of two songs you're going to do for us. And the first song you're going to do is a Nick Cave cover. Yeah, um, it's one of my favorite songs and it's, um, it's just a love song. And I, I always like putting a female voice to a male song or vice versa, you know. So uh, I just noticed I could sing it and... Um, yeah, I just love it so much. <laughs> um, okay, well, let's hear it. I don't believe in an interventionist God. I know, darling, that you do But if I did, I would kneel down and ask him Not to intervene when it came to you Not to touch a hair on your head To leave you as you are If he felt he had to direct you And direct you into my arms Into my arms, oh Lord Into my arms, oh Lord Into my arms, oh Lord I don't believe in the existence of angels But looking at you, I wonder if that's true But if I did, I would summon them together them to watch over you to each burn a candle for you to make brown and clear your path and to walk like Christ in grace and love and guide you into my arms into my arms oh Lord into my I know, 
some kind of path Then we can walk down me and you So keep your candle burning Make a journey bright and pure That you'll keep returning Always and evermore Into my arms, oh Lord Into my arms, oh Lord Into my arms, oh Lord Into my arms, into my arms Gorgeous, thank you. Thank you. Um, when you're singing, you almost sound Irish. You, you ha there's an inflection. Do you think is that something you've picked up along all along the way, or? Uh, I think that's a thing that people have where that when they talk they have an accent, but when they sing, mm. they don't or something like yeah. Well, you have one of those kind of accents that I love. Not you know, my husband is foreign too, and he's always trying to iron out his accent completely. But I'm always like, no, everybody has an accent. So you should have an accent. Um, as long as people can understand you, that's all that matters. You know, but you should have an accent. And you have one of those ones that I kind of love where it's it's difficult to put your finger on it. Um, there's a bit of Dublin. There's a bit of general Irish. There's a bit of Dutch. Um, you've been here about 10 years. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. So in, are, do you feel Irish now? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to think I'm Irish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And as long as they stay in the EU, you can hang on to your passport. It doesn't matter. Um, I said glibly in the introduction that you, 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 you change your name to Jane Willow to make it easier for the locals. But that isn't quite true. I was just being glib. You know, it's not the full story anyway. So you perform under the name Jane Willow. But am I right in thinking that it's a, it's a bit like an alter ego or a performance persona or... Like, is there a, a distinction in your mind between Jane and Yannicka? Um, yeah, I think there's definitely like, um, it creates kind of a distance. Mm. And like, I used to be very shy as a teenager. So like Jane Willow kind of, like it permits me to just be very like outgoing and like just jump on stage somewhere mm. and just be like... <laughs> No, I mean, I totally get it. You don't need to explain it to me. Oh, yeah, You know, because, um, I mean, I wasn't shy, but um, basically the moment you step on stage, whether you, you're using a different name or not, you are presenting a different persona. That's what the stage does. Nobody is the same on and off stage. Even the people that we laud them for being the, oh, he's so, oh, he's just himself. He's not. Yeah. Everybody, once you put a light on them and a stage, whatever, they are performing a version of themselves. And I do think, certainly drag, but I think any element of taking on another name or persona allows you to use that even more. And 
I mean, I certainly, and all the drags will tell you that it's like an armor or like a superpower in a way. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you feel more confident. You can channel the parts of you that are better suited to being a stage performer and all of that. Um, so it sounds very, in a way, similar. Yeah, like I like, well, obviously, like, well, I don't, I don't, you know, have your beautiful hair or makeup, but I definitely like I dress up and 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 I don't know, like. I just feel empowered when I get mm. on a stage, like, like it's something I know how to do, you know. So and, it's and really I read nice. a quote from you that, uh, you know, it's like I felt like you know, it's one of the things that I constantly say about it too. So I really connected when you, when I read this quote from you, where you say, in some ways it's it's a thing to hide behind in a way, but in another way it's very revealing, and I totally uh, get that. Because I always say that all the makeup and the hair and all that, in one way, it is a mask. It's a kind of protection or something. And you know, some ways you're hiding behind it. But in another way, it reveals things about you that you would never normally be able to reveal or that people would never see about you um, if you're just wearing a T-shirt and walking down the street. Um, So it was interesting to me that you vocalized that exact same thing. What, what do you think it reveals about you when you're on stage? What do you think it reveals about you? Like, Well, it's not that I think it reveals anything in particular, but it allows me to reveal things about myself more comfortably. Yeah, that would be the exact yeah. same thing then. Yeah, like just I would not go and be like, oh, you know, this and this happened. But I write a song about it like two, yeah. two seconds and it's safe because nobody really knows what I'm talking about. But it's also like here's literally my life story in a song yeah. you know i mean that's exactly like there's things that i can stand up in a stupid wig and crazy dress and say things about myself and about my own life very comfortably because i have through all of this makeup and stuff i've put it into a performance space so i don't feel threatened by revealing it or something yeah i can perform you know inner truths about myself whereas if i'm just was standing if i stood up on a bus in a pair of jeans and a t-shirt i could never say the same things yeah yeah (laughs) because i don't have the protection between me and my feelings that this provides me i mean it's hard to explain yeah no that's exactly yeah that's exactly how i feel as well because like when i was a, a teenager I I was too scared to even go to the grocery shop and talk to a grocery person and be like, I can't find the peanut butter, you know. So like I've come a long way from being that person to being this person who just like walks up to Mm. random people and like or just goes and plays music or like, I don't know, like, yeah, it's great. It's just if you have something, whether it's art or, or, Mm. or drag or it's just great because you can just say like, well, this is this has to go. So or like, you just mm. want to, we want it to be seen or heard yeah. or I don't know what it is. But. And then it also it allows people to interact with you differently too. I mean, I yeah. definitely, people interact much differently with me if I'm in drag than if I'm not. And they're much more open to me in drag and revealing about themselves. Sometimes I think that's because everybody in the back of their mind, I think this weirdo won't judge me. <laughs> you know, there's that. Um, but it's also true of all performers, you know, the, the kids who write them letters and crying and telling them their deepest thoughts. You know, if you reveal something to somebody else, they feel much more yeah. open, you know, to communication or whatever. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think coming to Ireland um, was part of your hiding or or did you sort of consciously see it as a way to grow or... Oh, well, I was just going to stay here for a year and do a lot of busking and do the open mics and stuff and just learn the craft. And I kind of, um, I don't know, but like I, I was in rock school in the Netherlands and they kept telling me that I couldn't sing. And I just, maybe that was part of me just like, <clears throat> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like bleep, 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 uh, you know, language. Um, and I, it just made me kind of, yeah, I want to. I don't know, like... It's such a funny thing to I want tell to prove somebody in a rock or... school. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it just seems like an odd thing in a creative space to tell yeah. you. Yeah, it's... And it, it was really great for me because then, you know, I discovered Glenn and Damien Rice, of course, but I also discovered Lisa and Marquetta. And I was like, wow, my voice is not too different from their voices and they're doing it and they're considered singers. Yeah. So like, <laughs> screw you, I'm, I'm a singer, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Lisa Hannigan does our, you know, Lisa Hannigan's track is our theme music for this show. Yeah. We love Lisa on this I show. <laughs> um, maybe that's part of the Dutch directness, do you think? You can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it's also interesting to me because um, we do have this, connection that you went to Dunleary, I, I call it the School of Art and Design, but nowadays it's called the Institute of Art, Design and Technology. And Technology. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's interesting to me. I mean, so many creative people that I talk to um, on this podcast and elsewhere, um, they're creative in different areas. And you're another good example of that. So uh, you had been to rock school in the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, you came to Dublin uh, to perfect the craft, the craft that you had, by the way, learned on YouTube. You learned <laughs> to play the guitar on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. A, it shows you how young you really are. <laughs> and, and B, that's the kind of, th that is so determined. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not easy to learn any instrument, but to do it on your own off YouTube seems to me very determined and um, exactly the kind of person rock school should have wanted. <laughs> then you came to Dublin uh, to get into the music scene here because you, you you thought it's you know it would suit you. Um, you lived above Whelan's, um, very nearby here where we are recording, um, which in its in it just on its own is a very fun sounding young thing to do, um, and. And then after two years or something of, you know, supporting yourself by busking and all that, you went to film school. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where does that come from? Um, it's quite funny. It's one of your previous guests, I think, Miles O'Reilly. I saw mm. his work and I kind of thought, you know, oh, m music, it's it's too hard. And yeah, I kind of given up on it at that point. Um, and then I just kind of thought, well, maybe I could just shoot music videos like Miles O'Reilly does, you know. So, <laughs> and I, I, I do shoot music videos, but just for Jane Willow now. I kind of got back into m music then because you kind of have to make a choice. I feel like you can't be great at everything. Mm, uh, I mean, <laughs> maybe, probably, but it's also nowadays, you know, technology has allowed people to do things more easily. 
Yeah. So I think there is more scope to do lots of different things. Miles is a great example, of course. Um, yeah, you know, actually. I, I think yeah. back in the old days when you had to look around film cameras and, you know, giant lights and there was processing and developing all that stuff. Maybe it would have been too much for one person to do that and music. But, you know, nowadays, maybe it's... Yeah, maybe I'll, 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 I'll get into it again. Like I'm doing a kind of... I'm directing my own music videos and stuff and doing like home YouTube videos and mm. it's it's really great. I love audio, I love sound, but yeah, I just love I love working on stuff mm. and Well sound um, and audio is a good thing for a musician to get into. Yeah. But but that was the full four year college diversion, was it? No, yeah, I I, I did love it. Uh I got into sound design then and when I got out, um Steve Fanagan, he, he did sound design for Room. Um, and Game of Thrones and stuff like that so I kind of had some work experience with him and or you know I'd I'd go to the Grand Social and just look at the sound guy there and what he was doing so I was very very into sound at the time but ah just writing songs is just so much more enjoyable for me and I just feel like it's so much easier Um, like I want to be full-time musician you know so Mm. Um, so you're going to do another song for us um, Let There Be Light, which you've also recorded with the RT Concert Orchestra, and it's beautiful. Um, tell me about that. I, I was just feeling down, and I tried to lift myself up by writing this song. Um, and I don't know it just can be hard, like in the music industry, and as a woman in the music industry, and um, being in Ireland, like without your family and mm-hmm. stuff. So I just kind of put it all into one song, like just. Let there be light, you know, like, I really like it. I'm very happy. I find it interesting that you say you sat down to write it to, you know, boost your spirits or lift yourself up. Do you consciously do that? Uh, You know, I I need to boost myself. I'm going to sit down and write a song. Uh, Like, (laughs) so I think, um, yeah, like uh, when I wrote the song, I was I was at home and um, I, yeah, I was just so so down and I was gonna say something like there is no light or something (laughs) and then I just thought of um, one of my heroes is Christy Hennessy and he has some really beautiful songs and uh, I just thought of him singing it to me and that just kind of changed it for me into let there be light because I just thought he's singing this to me and he's saying like you know you gotta keep believing in whatever it is you Mm. believe in so can't that's very, um, that's beautiful, is what I wanted to say. <laughs> um, well, let's hear it. Okay. <laughs> let there be light. Let there be days. Let there be hope that helps you tread your way. Through the cross, you'll find a face, someone that reaches you in some kind way. In the commotion, it's getting hard to know what really matters. And what's worth letting go And what's your intent And 
intend to know No, let there be light Light Thrown a day I know you'll become I know you'll remain I know you've wondered But you'll find again No need to be strong Just follow what guides you along In the commotion It's getting hard to know What really matters And what's worth letting go And I missed mornings when you said I love you so. No, let there be light, light for the Finding it so hard to know what really matters and what's worth letting go. But I have this music and I want the world to Light for a day. No, let there be light. Light for a day. No, just let there be light. Light for a day. Thank you. I second that emotion <laughs> at the tail end of this lockdown pandemic. Let there be light. Thank you so much for that. Uh, very beautiful. The version of that with the Orchid Concert Orchestra is available online. I know on SoundCloud because I've been listening to it. Um, but people can find your stuff. Um, tell us, tell them where and when you had an EP out. Uh, Oh, uh, yeah, I have an EP from 2018 and a couple of singles, uh, just Jane Willow music uh, anywhere. And I do like YouTube videos twice a month. So <laughs> that's it. Regular as Dutch clockwork. Um, 
And so um, at the moment, of course, everything has sort of been thrown amok a bit um, with lockdowns and the pandemic and all that. Um, but what are your you know, plans? Um, well, this song will be out soon and I'm re- releasing my debut album with uh, Joe Chibi on string arrangements, who's mm-hmm. the head of the RTE Concert Orchestra and Dave Hingerty on drums, mm-hmm. who plays with Glenn Hansard mm-hmm. and Josh Ritter. So yeah, I have that, that in the pipeline to look out to, I suppose, yeah. And when do you hope that'll be? Uh, I think like late 2021. I'll just have to put it out there because I've been sitting on it for a year now and mm. yeah, I feel I feel strongly about the songs and yeah, yeah. I, I want to put it out, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. It is a weird thing, isn't it, though, releasing stuff when you can't, you know, gig to support it. Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really odd. <laughs> yeah, although, you know, it's amazing how quickly we get used to things, isn't it, because people are re- releasing things and now we know we can go to gigs and yeah, yeah. And you've no grow to return to um, Netherlands? Uh, I don't think so, no. I think Ireland is my home and mm-hmm. I hope to stay here forever. Like, <laughs> Well, yes, but you don't have to meet an Irish man first, a ginger, <laughs> calling all gingers. Um, well, actually, you know, at the moment, especially during lockdown, you know, it, it's very easy to get into like a negative doom scrolling about Ireland and everything. And I kind of have to remind myself... Um, you know, it's not the worst. Um, if you if you had to leave Ireland tomorrow, what would you want to take with you? Apart wow, from a ginger-haired man. That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> the music. Mm. Yeah, just the way that, the, the, you know, like you can walk into any pub and someone could sit next to you and they sing better than you and you're like, what? You know, and they're just they're just doing it for a hobby. Like, mm. you're just like, or, or you know, people can write poems and, and they just get lost into their art and and they really feel it, you know, and I think that's just so beautiful and I'll never, mm. like, want to lose that, you know, like, yeah. that connection. I mean, I think it is um something that maybe Irish people don't appreciate and we think that it's the same everywhere and it's it's not when it comes to that stuff um but thank you for ending on a positive <laughs> note it's been really lovely to meet you um i've enjoyed it very much um and you know you were just what i needed today so thank you very much yannicka um you know i think dublin is all the brighter for having your dutchness in it um anyway so thanks for dropping by it's been lovely to have you lovely to meet you and um thanks again for taking me out of my COVID 19 misery and um Listeners, please keep an eye out for Yannicka's music under her, I'm not going to say alter ego, but her stage persona, Jane Willow. Jane Willow. Thank you so much, Yannicka. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>